Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, which share stories of spiritual awakening and communication, healing energies, miracles, and developing intuition and universal awareness. I am delighted to welcome Anthony Cummins, author of Ninja Skills, a leading expert in the discovery of the military arts of medieval Japan. Hello, Anthony, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within today. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me. You know, Anthony, as a Japanese Reiki master teacher, I am so delighted to learn more about the military wisdom of ancient Japan, because I still think it has a lot of relevance in our modern-day political system. Anthony, as listeners of Healing from Within have come to expect over the years, my guests and I share intimate experiences and insights into human nature from our early beginnings, from history, and from an exploration of the world of energy or spirit and physical existence. In doing so, we come to know ourselves and how we may find peace, health, and happiness through consistent seeking of higher consciousness and self-awareness. Well, in today's episode of Healing from Within, Anthony Cummings will share the long-valued martial arts techniques and how the discipline, respect, and love of culture, family, nation, and spirit were and still are the basis of finding truth and a greater love of life. There is indeed much to learn from the ninja, Japan's devious courageous spy commanders who followed a highly skilled but dangerous path. We will discover key ninja concepts and apply ninja strategy to understand surroundings and survive many challenges. Anthony, I always love to ask my guests because I get the most amazing answers uh, to think back to their childhood and remember a person, a place, an event uh, that might have shown them or others around them the life they would pursue as adults and the values that they might hold dear as well. So think back for a minute. Well, actually, there's always one moment that comes into mind, and that's when I was shopping with my grandfather. And he said to me, he said, do you want some toys? And I said, yes. And he said, well, you can either have these army men or you can have these ninjas. And I knew, I was so young, I was tiny, but I knew what a ninja was, and I knew there was no choice. I was having those toys, because ninjas are the most important thing to me. And that's one of my earliest memories, and it has never gone away. And I have studied ninjas since then. Yeah, because I think the child is born with an inner wisdom and a remembrance of a soul presence and places and events that may have been important to us even before this life so that's why I, I've seen children I, I had a boy come to me for a Reiki session and he was carrying a Porsche and all he did was talk about Porsche cars and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> it was an amazing thing we all have certain interests that grab our attention and they're important for us in this life uh, to fulfill our mission or our destiny so I think, I think that's told. a great story. Yeah. 
I've actually been told off the Japanese about three or four times now I've in, by different documentary companies or different people, and they've said, Anthony, I think you're a reincarnated ancient Japanese guy. Come back to correct the history. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of the things, because yes. they still very much believe in that. So uh, it's something I get told quite often, actually, in Japan. Yes, that's wonderful. Now, we know the ninja is thought of as a warrior and... Uh, practical martial arts but what are the spiritual foundations or implications of that ancient way of life and I know the word kaiojitsu comes into that description right okay so what this is is um, the ninja first of all are very much misunderstood in the world what they are is actually a type of commando spy used by samurai and they're in the samurai army and their job is to do clandestine things but it's also mixed in with a lot of black magic if you like and I mean that literally as in dark magic something that other samurai would consider too dark to do Mm -hmm. but what they also have is that all samurai be it ninja or anything have a foundation in Buddhism in Taoist ways in Confucianism and in Shinto the natural religion of Japan and that word you're talking about there is actually about um, the substantial and insubstantial yes that one there is that the one you mean yes yes the meaning that which is insubstantial carry kai or or carries connotations of falseness emptiness untruth deception weakness and unpreparedness and on the other hand jitsu means that which is substantial and represents truth and fullness correctness honesty strength and preparedness this captured my attention yeah because i feel yeah we have a we all each of us no one's perfect so we all have a light side and a a shadow side and this uh, talks to that uh, state of being that's important to fulfilling the mission of a shinobi isn't a ninja also called a shinobi it's actually yeah it's shinobi and it's basically the word ninja can be said two ways you can even say ninja which is a much later way or shinobi no mono which was the original way so it means a person of perseverance or those who hide so there's two meanings to the first ideogram, either endurance, perseverance, or stealth and secrecy. So if you put it all together, it means a person who hides and endures in secrecy. Well, sometimes that is necessary. I would imagine there are times we cannot share our plans until we work it through and it's the proper time. I remember as a child being said, you know, before you talk, Make very sure that you will not uh, disturb anyone else's uh, feelings or hurt them in any way. And I think a dedicated person in the arts of what you were talking about before, Buddhism and mm. and, and uh, Confucianism and all the honorable uh, ancient historical uh, codes of honor, would, would sort of uh, teach that. That character is important and being able to say what you mean and mean what you say, which is a spiritual connotation. Uh, So, you know, what we're talking about here is also sounds very familiar to me. It's 
like what's going on in Congress now in the United States uh, between the political parties and the media and what they're calling so much fake media. And yeah. and I guess, and I, I encourage... That is actually that, that word, definitely, because basically it's about presenting truth or mistruth. So mm. the idea of the ninja is they have to sit back and look at what's being presented and say, okay, that's either really, really what it is or that's something they're pretending it is, but it isn't. And the ninja's job is to go and find the difference between the substantial and the insubstantial. Yeah, so it takes discrimination. And for our listeners today, this is how we can relate it to our everyday life. So I think citizens have to use their intuition or their inner sense of knowing and watch for results, not insinuations or judgments or accusations. Uh, the truth will find its way in what is actually, I believe, seen to work for the good of many and not the best for only a few. So I think that was a part of the training, and that's why I I, I liked reading about this. I I mean I watch movies, and I have three little grandsons, and I'm <laughs> sure they're going to read your book and find it very fascinating. They're little yet, but they'll look at the yeah. pictures, and I'll be able to go over with some of this with them. But the point being, I'm very honored to discuss this because I've not discussed this in over 700 shows, and it really, to me, brings the wisdom from spirit and the truth about what this human journey is about in order to, re to rediscover our soul lessons and remember the universal laws of energy, which might be different from the physical laws, even the laws of our country or our political systems, and to know good within us and to to try to move towards that because then we will do the right thing most of the time so i like that's actually reading about what, that yeah one of the things you said there is actually quite true the uh, the ninja actually come from the samurai class mostly it's a long complex discussion but basically in the main it they it's a job that the samurai had to do and uh, what they hated having to do was lie and be mm. mistrustful. But ninjas lie by their profession. That's their job. So they're taught all the way from their childhood not to lie, not to be evil, not to do this and to be honorable. But then they have to go and do a job. That's So they said as long as it's for the greater good, it's okay to lie. But if a ninja changes their intention and does it for their own benefit, it then becomes a negative and heaven will never reward them. And there's many ninja teachings saying that if you go off that path, heaven will come down and destroy you because you went wrong. Well, thank you for saying that. That's very important for us to remember when things are done for the right reason. Good will eventually come out of it. So how did the ninjas use astrology for their success? Right. What they would do is they have one ninja called Fujibayashi says that you should always have a map of the stars on your wall and you have to track them basically from a practical point of view. But also they give the ancient documents, give sheets and sheets of this, of the different directions. So, for example, if you look at Hagon, uh, the star of death, 
if you go in that direction when you leave for your mission, it's really bad or negative. But also they had to check and the stars themselves and what that meant in Chinese astrology, because obviously they use Chinese astrology in Japan, and make sure that the day they set off on was lucky, make sure they didn't do anything that was wrong on the incorrect day. And they basically kept their their year going and checking if a day was positive, negative, and what were the different connotations for that day. Well, it was, all comes from China, basically. Yes, it was a tool. Well, there's a great deal of interconnection uh, between mm. that area of the world and uh, a lot of their early belief systems. Um, so, actually, it was a tool. It was like a skill. It was like learning uh, to use what you had at your disposal in order to achieve the best results. So, I think that's great. So, what is the concept of the way, and how can we tap into it today? Right, the way. Now, this obviously comes from Taoism, so or Taoism, depending on which way you want to say it. And the idea is that the way, it's actually a really, of course, uh, Lao Tzu says that the way is indescribable. We don't know what it is. So it's actually impossible to describe. But the main point is, is that the way was there before time and it's there after time. And the idea is that there's a certain pathway that you should follow. Now, you can go against the pathway. You can try and swim against upstream downstream but you'll always go the same way but you'll cause yourself problems if you don't attune yourself with the way so nearly all samurai had to study the way which basically means getting your mind correct what it says is what you do is when you have virtue and you are correct with heaven and your attitude is correct you are following the way but as I said, it's all about intent. So if a ninja's intent is wrong, he goes off the path. He goes off the way. Right. It's almost like it's not exactly the, the, the way of Jesus who said the path to goodness is being aligned to spirit and the laws of energy uh, because the laws of, of physical life are somewhat different so it's a little bit similar very similar yeah, yeah they're very it, very similar it sort of is so now we know the samurai were specifically a higher social class and the shinobi or ninja was a paid military role that could be filled by a soldier uh, it could be simple foot soldiers sometimes you wrote there were itinerant monks or actors or tradesmen who might take on a temporary assignment now yes. the, the true shinobi owed their entire life and allegiance to usually a single lord sometimes for a short-term contract or even across generations. So there was a big difference with where they came from and their intent, so to put it. So, yes. uh, yeah, I, I like reading about that. I think it's important for people to know. We need people from many different backgrounds in any army or any government or any corporation or any school or, you, you, you know, that, that adds to the mix of you know what they have to offer and that's a good thing that's called i guess diversity <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it would be called that wouldn't it yeah we, in modern time that would be called yeah. diversity what was the ninja idea now i like this a lot of having a correct mind and how can we understand their psychology 
Right, you've got to have correct mind. So this means like basically be honest within yourself. But so what we have here is, like you've just said, the ninja come from different classes. So the spy master at the top will be a highly educated person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, he's not going to be a low level. He's got to be highly educated, very intelligent. But at the lowest end, those who do the really horrible stuff, the murder and the, you know, are usually thieves that are paid to do mm-hmm. that because they've got specific skills. So what we're saying here is that if you serve a lord, you have to do the lord's bidding, which sometimes can be horrible. But the idea is that a lord must bring a country to peace. So any ruler who takes a country and brings it to war for no reason but personal profit is not correct. And therefore, a ninja doing that just for personal profit and not doing it to bring peace to the country is actually no longer a ninja. They're a thief and they are twisted and maligned. And then again, it goes back to heaven will not reward. So the leader at the top has to be perfectly straight and the ninja has to be straight. And all of those in the military have to be straight and aligned so that everything comes back to peace. And then when peace comes, it says the samurai will prepare for the next war. But the idea is get back to peace as soon as possible. That's the ideal anyway. That's great. <laughs> Which we should use today, of course. I think we're trying <laughs> to in our in our own convoluted way. I think we're trying to have a correct mind. But there are so many conditions going on in so many different cultures. The world is a very you know, not a very diverse place. But I think many, many people are awakening to their spiritual connections now. We're at a sort of tipping point, and that's why I think your book and some of these ideas are very important. A correct mind is the way to go and the way we're trying to go. So how was the yin and yang used by the ninja, and what can it teach us about balance in life? We're looking for that very much so now also. Yeah, so yin and yang, or in and yo in Japanese, comes from the Chinese. Again, it's not all Taoist, as I say, it's a mixture of everything. But what happened at the beginning of the universe is there was, we could say the Big Bang, but basically there was a moment where it was created, Mm -hmm. and yin and yang were brought together, and then the five elements. And what happened is everything is yin or yang. So it's not as if the ninja used that specifically, but their entire building blocks of their life are developed on something is yin and summer is yang so when you walk forward in japan you're meant to walk forward with the left foot when you go to war because it's the foot of yo it's the male foot whereas the Mm -hmm. female foot is the right foot and it's that it goes that way and then everything they do had something to do even the stripes on samurai helmets were yin and yang and the armor was set so that it got power from the universe so the ninja was well aware of everything that was yin and yang in his life and then they would use that and make sure it was interconnected properly and it flowed correctly. You know, and they were also aware that when the body dies, yin and yang yeah. separate and the soul returns to heaven. And therefore, death is not an end, but the beginning of another phase of life. And this is why the shinobi were not afraid of death. They conquered their fear of death. Now, as a Reiki master teacher, we have symbols similar to those in your book which represent and embody the philosophy, the way of life, and the dedication of a Reiki initiative to the healing work and to the connection to spirit through energy and through acceptance of truth. So we know, as you know, that physical life survives the death of the body. All Mm -hmm. right. Now, you mentioned that there are three 
diseases, according yeah. to the Shinobi. What are they, do? Uh, fear, overthinking, and underestimating the enemy, if I remember by, That's correct. by memory. Yeah, that's yes. from memory, so that's a bit of a test. I, I, I have it in front of me here, but, but yes, that, that they are very important things for us to think about because many of us are allowing uh, these three elements, fear, overthinking, and underestimation, uh, to yeah. affect us in our everyday life, whether it's war or peace. It still yeah. will creep in in the form of negative thinking and thoughts because on any given day, all the energy surrounding us and the thoughts of the universe that filter through us, some 50% or more, are negative and are our job in this physical world is to learn what to engage with and what not to engage with. Now, you were mentioning that the uh, samurai and shinobi or ninja draw from different religions over time. And uh, this is actually going on from the 9th to the 19th century or a whole millennium. Yep. Now, you mention Buddhism and Confucianism and Shinto and how in the Japanese culture, I like this, you say, it is acceptable to draw insights from all these different beliefs rather than fully subscribing exclusively to one. Because that's what I have learned myself through studying philosophy and religion and education. And uh, we have to take a bit of this and a bit of that and mix it all together to come out with the truth. And I kind of liked how you described uh, the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism and the Noble Eightfold Path, which gives us correct view and correct intention and correct speech and correct conduct and correct livelihood and correct effort, mindfulness and meditation. Because this is the way you build a character. This is the way you build a soldier or a good citizen, right? Or a yeah. good human being and someone who's connected to the truth of the universe. So I, I love that, and I like very much that. The in best your way for readers, uh, sorry, listeners, actually. Sorry, I say readers, I'm used to that. But the best way for listeners to understand this is that um, in the center, Buddhism looks after your mind. Then outside of that, Confucianism looks after the community that you live in. Then Taoism looks after the universe and the way and how it goes. And Shinto is actually about your relationship with uh, kami or gods of the earth and the land and spirits who have passed on. That's how it all intermixes for Isn't the, that the beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? That's what we should be teaching our children <laughs> They, they actually would. all interlock really well. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. Historically, they all argued with each other for, for, for hundreds of years. But, but their original base teachings all go perfectly well. But together. now many of us are awakened enough to see the beauty in each and to see the interconnectedness as we're all interconnected by energy and the oneness of being. That's why we can feel other people's pain. And that's why a good ninja can know when someone's playing a trick on them, right? And deceiving them through the energy and feelings in the body that we can pick up from one another. Now you say, how can we be like water and how does that help us know ourselves and understand life with a, co a correct mind? 
Oh, the water one. This is, is this the one where you shape your water to yes. like the vessel around you? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's a good teaching, actually. Uh, and you'll have heard Bruce Lee say this. It's taken, obviously, from ancient Chinese literature, but it's used by the ninja. And the point is, is that when your mind is um, flexible and malleable, it can be changed. So if you go next to someone who's greedy and you spend time with people who like fast cars and gold, you will change your mind to, to focus on what they like. And if you go to do somebody who's really strict, you'll become stricter. So the point is, is that your mind is like water. If you put it in a square teapot, it becomes square. If you put it in a round teapot, it becomes round. And the point of this is, even in the, the situations that you enter, always remember that it will change your mind. Therefore, keep your mind solid and straight. There and are different ways for this. And too. open. Yeah. An open, and open mind yeah. is a great gift. Because we have to accept change. And if we close our mind, we can't see every moment bringing a, a new blessing to us, a new miracle, a new idea, a new way, you know, to understand ourselves better. So, yeah, an open mind is very important. Now, what might we consider to be the perfect shinobi or ninja? Ah, uh, the Jonin, the greatest yes. ninja of all time. Basically, ninjas come in uh, three levels. You get the lowest one, you get the middle one, and then you get the highest one. The lowest ones are used for the, the basic tasks. But the highest one has got a, a list of things that are almost amazing to list, aren't they? There's lots of information. I, I love the list. <laughs> they yeah. all demonstrate a great loyalty and courage and a record of achievement. And they're strong in their body, but gentle when not in action. They have a sense of righteousness and an absence of desire and never forget what they owe to others. Their mental qualities, their fluency in speech and writing, they have an ability to think deeply and a fondness for learning principles and right action. I, I, I think it's amazing. It's what we would hope our children would aspire to and what we send them to school and graduate school, and, you know, always to learn these qualities and I find there are people like that. So it, it, it's very nice the way you described it. It's a wonderful list, isn't it? It's almost like the yes. perfect person it would. Well, and of course, you know, that is what we all aim to be. Yes. We all aim to be a, a perfect person. We strive so, to go yeah. in that direction. Of course, we're not perfect, never can be perfect. We will, as I say, make mistakes here and there. But it's okay because we know where we wish to be with our thinking and our heart. So, uh, as long as you move a little bit closer every day, I think that's the, the main aim, isn't it? Keep getting closer to perfection. I, I would think so. You wrote something. May I read it? Yes, please do. Please do. You wrote, I guess respect for heaven, even though often shinobi live in a world of lies and deception, as most humans do. That does not mean they should be dishonest. While they may be called upon in their duty to serve and protect their clan or group, even perform evil deeds, they must maintain the strictest of moral codes in their inner life, believe in the gods, practice sincerity, cultivate their mind, and follow the way. For if they do not do this, they will fall into despair and lose the support of the gods. I probably would use the word divine for yes. that. But, but but that's beautiful. And how this is what people strive for, wish for, desire, 
and it's yeah. attainable with discipline and consistency and finding what it is you were born to uh, be passionate about as you have found and as I have found and many of our listeners today have found. So I want to thank you, Anthony Cummins, author of Ninja Skills, for sharing a beautifully executed book of photos, history, techniques of warfare through the story of the samurai and the shinobi and ninja and the religious philosophies and ancient views that coincide with the art of living responsibly with values, spirit, and a sense of tradition as they, like all disciplined warriors, just like master teachers, maneuver through a world of danger, protecting their inner values and the lords they represented. To find out more about training, this type of training, which can help you understand life in all aspects, go to natori, N-A-T-U-R-I, dot C-O, dot U-K. Yeah, it's, a, kind of, it's natori, N-A-T-O-R-I, dot co, dot U-K. That's it, yeah. Oh, thank you. Or No problem. Or go to Amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have taken an inside look at the world of ninja skills, talents, responsibilities, goals, and ultimately the way or path they follow to know life and themselves in a disciplined and honorable way with respect for life, heaven, and earth, and to truly live with a code of honor. We learned how, like fire and water, Shinobi or ninjas must look upon all friends or foe as either a treasure or a hazard, bringing either bounty or destruction. In learning how to survive well, it helps us to make choices that honor our innate soul wisdom, our families, our workplaces, our children, and to adapt to a flow in life without fear and limitation. For if one knows the value of nature, man and God, they will always proceed to walk the way of the ninja and find life to be filled with mysteries and delight beyond their challenges. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to hear leaders in the metaphysical fields of science, spirituality, education, martial arts, and energy work as we seek answers for living well in our ever-changing world of thoughts and realities. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.